Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Morning. Hello, beloved family. It's good to be with you. This is a most thrilling day. Um, as we mentioned yesterday, and I think the day before, we have our beloved Father James Altman with us today from uh, James the Less Catholic Church in La Crosse, Missouri, and we're having just a little delay in connecting him to us so you could hear. I see him, but we can't hear him. And so um, we're going to have him on in a minute. I couldn't be more thrilled. I couldn't be more delighted. You know, uh, Father's video uh, that you cannot be Catholic and vote Democrat, or you can't vote Democrat and be Catholic. I forget which way it goes. We've played that twice on our program, and we have many, many responses. And I, I'll ask Father, but I think uh, it was shown, I think he had way over a million responses to that, both positive and negative, but I'm going to guess mostly positive. People think of Father Altman as an absolute courageous hero of our day. I feel the same only because of circumstances. Father Altman is not an absolute, uh, Father, if you're listening to me, just bear with me for saying this. You're not an absolute hero. You are a normal priest who is living his vocation. I don't think he can hear me. It's okay. I'll repeat this when he comes. You can. Okay, good. Um, he is, uh, he's just what every priest should be. He is what every priest should be. And in today's world, where I need to say the majority of priests, I'm going to say this, it appears to the faithful have not lived their vocation, either because they've lost their faith or because they're afraid and they're silent. Uh, Father appears as an extraordinary priest, which he is, and we love him, but he is normal. He is what every priest should be. Um, is Father Altman on with us yet? Real soon. Okay, I hear you, but the station doesn't yet, Father, so hold on a minute. Stay on your phone. Okay. I can see you. I've got an inch on the screen of you. So, okay. Right. <laughs> what's that, James? Or Mike? He's with us. Uh, and I can see you. I, I and, see an inch I of him. Is that, is that correct, that we see an inch of him, Mike? Uh, did the list uh, now I see a lot of father there he is <laughs> father oh I tell you everyone uh, we go all over the world and uh, everyone loves you uh, who is of right mind I should say that and father and I have uh, uh, we've left a voice message for each other but we never met we never spoke directly I am so happy I my heart is flying right now I'm so pleased to be with you. We are in Tulsa now, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, eight years or so, and um, I, there's so far no bishop who will take us. And so, because, what shall I tell you? People have called us too Catholic or too radical or too whatever we are, and to be speaking with you is home. It's just so beautiful. Good morning, Father James Altman. How are you? 
Good morning. I'm well. All the better for seeing you as uh, at the very mo- at this very moment. Oh, how nice! And you know what I found out? I need to do is turn off my uh, sound on my end, and then I won't hear you with an echo. Um, are you there, Father? Yes, I am. Oh, I this to is that too perfect. Mine too. Okay, this is perfect. This is we're learning. This is, we're going to become techies. This is so yeah. great. And you just came from celebrating Mass, I understand. I did. I did on this great feast day. On this great feast day. My goodness, dearest Father. Um, Can I ask you to um, give us, I know we don't have 10 hours, but give us some Uh of your background because people have heard you, but they don't know your beautiful background. Many don't even know you're a lawyer and... um, I would. I heard it once, and my heart melted. So, uh, do you mind taking a little time to give us your story, how you became sure. a priest? Uh, sure. I uh, I had faithful parents who uh, always stressed uh, faith, and there wasn't a time. I know some people have said, well, they were away from the church for a little while, but there wasn't a time when I didn't have an inner need to uh, go be fed each week. Uh, at, in word and in and in uh, sacrament, so you sound like a Protestant. Um, go be fed. I know. Yeah. Well, I was fed with the blessed sacrament, yes, so that's you definitely were. not. I, I wanted uh, you to make that <laughs> distinction. Good. Yeah. No. Um, to to be fed with the body, blood, soul, and divinity, it, without which I don't know how anybody can. Well, Jesus said, you know, it's pretty clear. He said, if you don't eat my body and blood, you do not have life within you. So mm-hmm. uh, it's never like I, I worried about being struck by lightning or being a bad boy if I didn't go. <laughs> I just I needed to be fed mm-hmm. the real presence. So 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 fast forward, then I get, you know, college years. Uh, I was teaching CCD in college and confirmation classes. And I did the same when I was uh, getting my MBA in Ann Arbor. And then uh, when I was in law school, I was teaching confirmation. So it's always very closely connected, not just to, like, it isn't all about me. It's not about any of us. It's about serving God, right? We know, love, and serve God. So the the great joy that came in that service just continued to inspire me. But I wanted to... I'm going to stop you, Father. I'm, I'm very rude. I'm, I'm a Brooklyn Jew, so I, <laughs> I, I, just, I just barge in. What made a young man like you have such a desire to continue to teach communion. That's not yeah, I, too normal. Gosh, I, uh, confirmation rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was CCD and confirmation, mostly confirmation yeah. as I mm-hmm. got older. I, I guess um, there's such great love in, uh, in our faith and to be able to share that glory of love, most, most seen in the Holy Cross in the gift of self self-sacrifice for love that is a definition of love of course uh, willing the good of the other and the greatest love then is willing them so much that you would die for them but I, I, the, the teaching ccd or confirmation was not quite dying on the cross uh the but but there was just this inner feeling of, of needing to give back there. the love there. that i had received from god oh, so beautiful. I, I think that makes sense and that would be what inspires me to this day. And if any uh, Protestants, any Protestant, forgive me for interrupting you. I'll, I'll go to confession after the program. But um, if any Protestant thinks, listening to Father Altman, that Catholics do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, this is going to confound you. Please continue, Father. 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's one of the Fathers of Mercy has a great meme out there. It says, whenever he hears somebody say something like that, he says, well, I'm just glad I have the Holy Eucharist because I have the greatest personal relationship, his body and blood within me. I've got chills. Uh, so that, I'm sure, you know, presence in the Eucharist w- within us or, or an adoration or prayer uh, in the chapel, um, certainly that has to irradiate us with grace. And, and that's what happened. So then I was a lawyer and was still teaching um, CCD and confirmation. And uh, then I started running the adoration chapel. And a dear friend of mine, her husband was injured in an industrial accident. And so she asked myself and a, and a friend of mine uh, to, to take over uh, doing all the, the scheduling. So I was in there maybe three hours a week. One was at 2 a.m. on Tuesday and Wednesday. And it's Tuesday. And, you know, where I'm from, there's a lot of snow. So you'd go out to the car, have to scrape <laughs> the windows. You know, you, you get, but you just start to warm up by the time you got to the chapel. And then you'd go in, you know, for the hour or so. And, uh, sometimes more because sometimes the person following you did not come. <laughs> uh, mm. A great grace at three in the morning. Uh, and then you'd go out and the car be covered with ice and snow again. Mm. And then you'd get warm and you'd be getting back to the house. So at that time in adoration, uh, being close to the real presence, ha- having him radiate us with his glory, his grace, his love. Um, I'm sure that's what eventually brought on because both of us, my friend and I, he entered the order canons regular of the Holy Cross. Oh, yes. And, and Bishop Snyder ordained him. I went down to Brazil for his ordination. Oh, and, and, wow, and that how beautiful. Bishop Snyder there. And, and he's from that order. And that's Father Osterreicher, uh-huh. Yep. And, yeah. uh, and then, um, so then somehow um, they they dragged me. Have you heard that story, how they dragged me to that, that ordination? Have I you heard have that not. story? No. Well, the, so after about three years of running the Adoration Chapel, Joe would be sitting in back, he'd be reading that bravery, flipping those ribbons around, and I'd say, better him than me. And uh, then, then we got, uh, they, they all encouraged me to go to an, an ordination, and I flatly refused because after working hard all week as a lawyer, Saturday was my day off, so to speak, where I would uh, do all the household chores, mow the lawn, go to the grocery store, laundry, and, and, uh, and then, and, you know, slop around in sweatpants or something. Sunday, then, of course, you get dressed up again. And I always kept Saturday at 6 p.m. to Sunday at 6 p.m. as my 24 hours keeping the Lord's day holy, because he didn't say keep the Lord's 55 minutes to get mad at Father's homilies a little long. That's my <laughs> joke. And, uh, so, so I said, no, I'm not going to go up on a Saturday, drive three hours one way, you know, to sit through gosh knows how long it was going to take. But I figured at least two hours for an ordination is kind of a special thing. And go to lunch. Get, by the time you get back home, the whole day's gone. Gone literally. It's now about 6 p.m. And, what a and waste. I will have got nothing done. <laughs> so, but finally they said to me, well, everybody should go to an ordination at least once in their life. So I thought, oh, gosh, that got me now. So, all right, let's just do it. Joe will drive. He's now Father John Hughes. And so Joe actually uh, did. He came at 6 a.m. I was up at 5 a.m., showering up, putting on a suit on a Saturday. Okay, we're going to hang. We're going to leave up. you, Father Dearest. There's the, mu- the music for our first break. So we're going to okay. leave everybody absolutely hanging. And let okay. me ask you, are you all right to take questions during the second half of the program? Absolutely. Oh, I'd oh, be happy to. God bless you. Okay. Uh, in advance, I'll give you all the toll-free number, one 877 5483 And um, email mother at the station of the cross.com. Don't miss this opportunity with this holy priest Father Altman. We absolutely love him. He is such a strength to us. We'll be right back after the break.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu Ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are here with Father James Altman, um, by the grace of God, a most beloved priest who is actually a priest. Every cell in his body, Father, I'll take a piece of that apple. Every cell in his body <laughs> is a priest. Uh, we love him, and um, uh, he is here, and he's he left us hanging right in the middle. I asked him how he became a priest, and he's driving three hours in the snow at the moment. So continue, Father. <laughs> sure. Well, actually, that wasn't, thanks be to God, it wasn't snowy then. It was like in early June, uh, oh, and even up me. in the UP, the snow melts by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that, so I did go, and... Uh, and then I sat in the last occupied pew, which is where I always sat. I, I used to do that in church, and then the ushers got tired of me sitting in their seats in the back. So then they said, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to be an usher, too. That's how that all started. Oh, uh, anyway, so I'm sitting in the back, and, you know, you've been to an ordination. You know what they look like. I didn't. Uh, uh, and there comes a point when the man lies down flat on the floor. And, and I thought, wow, that's just like it's in the pictures. And like, cause I've seen pictures <laughs> yeah. and, and then that was over. And then there comes a point, as you know, where he gets up and he kneels in front of the bishop and the bishop lays hands down upon his head uh, and prays silently. That's the moment of ordination. And I thought, well, that looks just like the pictures too. And uh, so then, but here's what I didn't know. I didn't know that after that takes place, 
Every other priest that's there comes up one by one, lays hands upon the head of the person ordained, and prays silently. And then, just as they were doing that, we had a magnificent cathedral choir up there. John Ignatowski ran it, and he, um, they played the, the Teze hymn, Beni Sancti Spiritus, Come Holy Spirit. And, you know, it, it just starts to crescendo, and then the trumpets were coming in, and and the, I did the math once, and, and I was on the planet for, it was 1 billion with a B, 300 million seconds at this point. What I'm about to describe is, is less than 10, and there's no words that, that does it justice. But um, it was like, I, the only thing I could compare it to that we could understand is uh, Pentecost, where I felt like a great weight coming down upon me, and heat, intense heat. So much so that, you know, how like you go, oh, what's happening? Uh, and I, it was... Um, I, I, there are no words. Uh, well, then, when I say what's, kind of what's happening, I heard a voice of divine love say, you're supposed to be up there. And, oh. and that was it. And the, all I can say, there's, there's no words to describe that. It wasn't like a, like a mad voice. It wasn't like, you loser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you all these gifts, and you've wasted your talents like the prodigal son. No, it was, it was the most a beautiful voice of divine love saying, saying you're supposed to be up there. And I knew then in this less than 10 seconds that my life as I knew it was over. Uh, I, I, at the time, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a director of vocations. I, I knew nothing because it wasn't my, this was a negative because I wanted the intimacy of marriage and, and I wanted those 13 kids. And, and uh, so this was, this wasn't even a neutral. And, but in those, in those seconds with that very Pentecost like moment, I knew, okay, it's, it's like when, I can't compare myself to holy people because I don't think I am. And I keep wondering, like, God, why me? What, what in the world were you thinking? I say that still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, you can't say no to, the, to, to divine love. It's impossible. Uh, well, I guess some people did. Judas did. But um, it, you can't say no. And so, so then that began this whole process of, uh, initially I was, uh, discerning with the Jesuits that didn't work out. And, and then I thought, Oh Lord, if you for crying, like the, the last thing, if, if I have to do this, the last thing I want to do is be a parish priest, but he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so he arranged all this, even to come down to the diocese of the cross was a whole set of circumstances that were simply miraculous. Uh, and, and, and so here, I mean, you, you know, it wasn't cause I was holy that these things happened. It was, that's what it would have taken because my family was dead set against me becoming entrance mm-hmm. seminary, giving up the law practice. I built up, you know, when you start out as a lawyer, you're kind of hungry because you haven't built up yeah. a client base. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it, you eventually build up, you know, the base and the name. And, and uh, so my dad, you know, when I was growing up, you probably heard this too. What do you think? Money grows on trees in the backyard. And yeah. but with, <laughs> after 12 years as a lawyer, that's kind of the way it was. But uh, so, so then I just, uh, eventually got this call from the director of vocations from the cross. I came down, I met Bishop Burke and Bishop Burke. He was, he was my bishop here for a while. Love that. Mm, and uh, I know. now, now and the rest got of us started. That's kind of how it all began. Adoration mm-hmm. chapel. Yeah, there you go. I tell you what, I have one regret about you. Yeah. You want to know what it is? I'm, I'm yeah. you hanging. Yeah. I have one regret uh, yeah. that you're not a bishop yet. Oh, want you, oh, no. Uh, no, no, I know. I just calm down. I, I won't give you a heart attack. But um, I want you to be a bishop, and then I'll come under you. Uh, you know, you, I, any, 
immediately if some crazy announcement comes, listen, it'll never happen under this regime, but I know. If that ever happens, you are welcome any day. Oh, yay. I'll finally have a bishop. This is terrific. Cardinal Burke is the one who invited me to found this, which is my dream, to have a million women walking the streets before I die and 20 million after I die. That's my dream. Oh, glory be to God. My arms around the world. So who knows? God may do it after I die. I've already asked him to live to 500. So there's time yet. So it's okay. So I have a question for you. Can I say something sarcastic? Yes. This is is me when my manner and tone isn't apparently. Oh, cute. uh, Up to. We we love your tone. We're particularly (laughs) fond of John the Baptist. Well, okay. You know how you said you, your arms around 20 million in the world, and it's going to say, well, the Pachamama coin beat you to it. Because I just looked at it uh, this morning. I've seen it. And on a big screen, and that is the earth. That it's, is yeah, diabolical. It's absolutely diabolical. And um, one bishop refused me coming after he had invited me because I said such yeah. a thing. So there you yeah. go. There you go. Uh, well, then I, I feel as if I'm in good company there, Mother. I'm in very oh. good company with you. Well, Thank you. Well, you feel it. I know it. I know I'm in good company. I'm just so thrilled. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, sure. um, everyone, we have about, oh, I don't know how many minutes, eight, nine minutes before our second break and before we're going to begin to take your calls for Father Altman. Uh, I'll give you the number again. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart. You can say anything to Father Altman. He can handle it. I know this. If he can't handle it as a priest, the lawyer's still in him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so toll-free number one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. It's up on the screen. Uh, go ahead and call. Email at mother at the station of the cross.com. You can text if you wish. Uh, you can call and leave a message uh, offline if you want. Uh, do anything you want. And as long as it's directed to Father Altman at the moment, we will take it. And uh, tomorrow we'll continue with our regular calls and emails. Um, but, Father, uh, if there's anything you want to say further before you answer this question, please do. Please do, because I can uh, have you talk gotcha. for five hours. A, okay, I do have, I do have one thing. Go that ahead. I, Go ahead. I'm going to have a, um, there's, there are people around the world. Uh, there's at least 600. I've, I've already answered handwritten little notes at over 400. And there's at least 600 sitting in my dining room table. I'm going to get to them. Wow. Uh, the, uh, the universal thing was, well, we were starving. I kept hearing that word starving yeah. and you're feeding us, which yeah. is my, the, my goal, you know, that saddest day as a priest was when I had to say goodbye to my last parish and feed them the, the bread of life. The last time you might've heard, I was crying like a baby. The server had to go get me a purificator so I could like wipe my eyes and blow my nose. Uh, and, and so that, so when, when people say to me, they're starving, uh, that's the greatest poverty of all to, to be starving. You know, we hear a lot about the social justice warriors saying, Oh, people are hungry. But listen, they're hungry for the faith. Seek first the kingdom of God. So anyway, so I'm hoping then, because I'm, I'm not supposed to live stream from the church anymore, to have very soon, um, and Private. probably posted on that old channel that I used to have under my name alone, uh, meditations. Not homilies from the pulpit, but meditations from, you probably see that behind me is the uh, Divine Infant statue that the woman who was running that Adoration Chapel just gave yes. me about a month ago. 
anyway, that will be in there. And, and so I hope to be able to uh, provide to those who want to hear, who are entitled to hear, because they're a valid constituency, uh, some of these meditations and thoughts again. So meditations that should be happening by so next, no later than Monday. Meditations Pardon? doesn't suit you. It's either meditations <laughs> or it's Father James Altman. How about fiery meditations? Fiery, fiery, <laughs> fervorino. I like that Italian word, fervorino. Yeah, very good, very good. I, I like it too. The, what I was going to ask you, and thank you again, mm-hmm. and uh, when will this be up? When will this be available? Uh, I think no later than Monday. We were hoping today. But, and how do but people I said, find I said, it? I have to... Talk to Mother Miriam today, so it might wait. Right, that's right. First things first. How yeah, people, exactly. How will people find it on the internet? What well, do they go you know, to? It used to be under St. James, and we changed it now. It's called uh, Veritas at Caritate, Truth and Love. Uh-huh. And it's still on YouTube. It's the same channel. Uh, there's, I don't know how many, I think there's over 16,000 subscribers to that one, maybe. Maybe not that many. Uh, anyway, so it'll still be on that same channel. It'll be where, you, where they were before. But it'll be my own personal channel now, not associated with the parish. And will it still be called uh, Veritate and Caritate? Veritate and Caritate. It has that. It has that now. It's no longer called Saint James, and so all the old uh, all right meditate, all the old fervorinos are are still there. How cute! And uh, yeah, okay. And complicit right, so- clergy, if I could put a shout out to them, they're they're probably going to post one or two of them as well. Oh, I'm going to ask complicit clergy and Michael Voris and uh, Taylor Marshall and everybody who is a true Catholic and who won't. Anyone that votes for Trump, we're going to ask you to look at it. And if you don't vote for Trump, President Trump, you especially need to watch that. Um, (laughs) Here's my question, Father. Yeah, I yeah. don't know that you'll be able to answer this. I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to be accused of uh, um, making you prideful or anything. Uh, and, and I don't think I'm afraid of it because God will keep you humble because He has too much important work for you to do. But um, what is the difference? How you're ordained, other priests ordained, yeah. the same grace of God. Let's say take other priests with true vocations like you, mm-hmm. even if it didn't happen the same way. What is the difference between a priest who will give his all, who will not lose his vocation, who will keep the perspective that souls are more important than a healthy body and all of that? What yeah. is the, what keeps, uh, talk to priests, what makes the difference between a priest who will hold nothing back from God and not forfeit his vocation versus those who are do who do or who are afraid or whatever it is. And I asked you that question just as we came to the second break. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to ask you to answer that, dear Father, when we come back from the break. Okay. Um, all right. Very good. And, and beloved, Father Altman has said yes to answering your calls, um, questions. So don't hesitate. Go ahead and call in toll free 1-877-511-5483. If you're listening in Sweden, Italy, wherever you are, uh, Timbuktu, um, Brooklyn, wherever you are, give Father a call. And or 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 uh, text or email your question at to mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back with this holy man of God.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family. Um, we This is Mother Miriam Live, you know that. And we are with a most, uh, I can't embarrass him, but I can. A holy, holy, beautiful priest, a man like King David after God's heart. I, uh, I'm, this is not singular opinion on my part. Um, he is the hero of every faithful Catholic who longs for truth, who longs for faith, who longs for God's kingdom to be visible on earth. And just as, and the reason we were so thrilled, and I am particularly ecstatic to have Father Altman, is because we are coming up against the most crucial election of our entire <clears throat> lifetime. And the reason Father Altman has been... Um, uh, persecuted in so many ways, and so many people come against him, um, is because he has spoken the truth. That is to say that nobody 
can be Catholic and vote Democratic. I've had a lot of people, Father, um, come at me with that, and I say, okay, 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 you can call yourself a Catholic, but you're not going to be a Catholic in heaven. This is easy. You're not a Catholic in good standing. There will be children of God in hell. I looked it up on my way into the Catholic <laughs> Church. I looked it up. It's scriptural. Yeah. And so that's the issue. You can insist you're a Catholic, but you're a Catholic who's separated from God because it's a mortal sin to kill. And when you vote for someone who um, will put abortion laws into effect or keep them into effect, you are participating in every single abortion that law makes possible. So uh, very, very quickly before the break, the reason we spent the first half hour, I wanted you to know this man of God, not just what he says that you don't agree with. I wanted you to know the person. I think that makes a great difference. And so... I asked Father just before the break um, what, uh, I, I don't know how Father can answer this, he can only speak to himself, mm-hmm. but what, what is the difference between a priest who will not compromise their vocation or the Word of God or the faith versus uh, so many others who do compromise, who talk against it, or who are utterly silent, which is also to betray our Lord. What do you think, Father, is the key to that? Maybe you could help other priests yeah. get courage. I don't know. Yeah. The, um, I, it seems like somebody once just recently called me an icebreaker, like uh, my dad was out on the ships, and so his ship would break ice, like, an, like a Coast Guard icebreaker. Mm-hmm. And now there seems to be more people who are speaking in similar words. Uh, and it's kind of pathetic that it's come down to the point where uh, just speaking the truth is labeled as courageous. There you go. Mm -hmm. There was never a time in the church until after Vatican II that speaking the church, you wouldn't even think twice about it. You would just do it. That's what people expect. People want to be led by their shepherds to truth. We're not giving up our lives for not truth. You know, we're not, the martyrs didn't give up their life for a, uh, you know, for fluff. They gave it up for the truth. And, and so why, uh, why everyone, every single ordained cleric and bishop doesn't have that fervor? You know, I don't, I, fervor. I don't know that zeal for their father's house. There are some. There are some great ones. I've named yes, them before. Uh, mm-hmm. Some great ones that, that, are, that are really um, a witness of faith to me, uh, uh, models I'd, I'd want to follow to, to examples, just like the saints and martyrs. So, uh, I, mm-hmm. you know, I gave a, a homily. It was just an ordinary, it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday after that first Tuesday where the crazy one first started coming out. But um, where I talked about persecution, and it's on complicit clergy, I know. I think it's called persecution. Uh, and it's because in seminary, someone asked me, well, why do, why do, why do, what do they do to you guys in seminary that nobody will say anything? Yes. And then I went through like three examples of how they quashed squelched, uh, chilled, any, um, any holy thoughts and, and, and put you in the fear of, you know, they would throw you out of seminary. If you, you know, people could get away with murder in there. They could, they could do horrible things. And that's the way it was for 30 years or more in the seminaries, horrible things. You know what I'm talking about? That was okay. But God forbid you had any devotion to the rosary and our blessed mother. God forbid you want, I got in trouble because I asked for an hour of adoration on Friday in a seminary, we had to drive two miles down the street in Worthington, Ohio to, to go to a parish that had adoration because they wouldn't let us have it in seminary at the time. So 
So when you're in seminary, you quickly learn that if you just keep your mouth shut, just fly below the radar, then you can get ordained and serve the people that you are ultimately put with in the parish. And so it's very uh, insular. It's very uh, egocentric in the as, as your focus in the parish. So um, then, of course, when you're ordained, then you have this generations of hierarchy that, that were formed in those bad seminaries when the crazy was going on. Uh, and, and they, too, have this idea that, you know, the cardinal sin, you can molest boys and you don't get public notoriety. You don't get thrown out of the priesthood. But God forbid you, you criticize. That is the one cardinal sin that gets everyone's attention and uh, they come down on you like a ton of bricks. And what God you're forbid, criticizing you crit- is false teaching. Exactly. Yes. Okay, now listen, everybody. Do you hear Father's yeah. tone? Do you hear his tone? Should he be arrested? I tell you what. <laughs> I think of John the Baptist. What, what, uh, you brood of vipers? What, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? And Jesus, exactly. That's exactly tombs, what he said. What do you think he sounds like? My goodness. Father's tone is, it matches the message. We're not, uh, boxes with no emotion. My goodness. Okay. Um, uh, Father, so, uh, to answer your question, I don't know why. I, it might be because I duked it out in the courtroom for twelve years that I that I you know when I seek truth. That the whole point of law is to seek the truth, seek uh, um, reconciliation of disputes. Uh, so maybe it's just that that past experience. I don't know that there's that many trial <laughs> trial well, lawyers. Well, maybe who, that should be uh, the seminary. Maybe we should set seminarians to law school instead of seminary. And they'll become good priests. Maybe that. But, you know, ultimately, the bottom line, Father, as you know and would say yourself, it's the grace of God. Mm-hmm. God it is the grace of God. I have no other explanation. in a very unique way. Yeah. And he has kept yeah. you that way. And I bless him. I bless him for it. So can may we go to the election? I want you to repeat. Sure. I've had so many people, yeah. because we've had your program on twice, that first yeah. dangerous talk you gave. Um, <laughs> I know. And we, yeah, all nine minutes and 58 seconds got the world shook up. Holy Blessed Moses. be God forever. Blessed be God <laughs> forever. The truth <laughs> penetrates. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And divides the, the bright to the Hebrew said uh, uh, that divides the heart and uh, shows you your thoughts. Yeah. Oh no, I forget. I, got, yeah. I used to know it when I was a Protestant. Yeah. Now I'm Catholic. I don't know scripture <laughs> by heart anymore. Um, so, um, uh, uh, where am I going to say? So let's turn it to the election because we have yeah, two minutes okay. left with another break yeah. as well. And okay. um, feel free, you know. Uh, Charles Borromeo, I looked him up, uh, who lived yes. in the 1500s and ministered during the plague when the police, when the other priests fled. The same thing. Yes. He said, I'd rather die a holy death than a late death. Yes. Yes, he did. And so mm-hmm. why this, why every shepherd doesn't follow his example when it comes to uh, this whole coronavirus yeah. thing? Yeah. And, and instead, they've locked down the churches. They've locked out people. They've denied the sacraments. There's Charles Borromeo climbing atop a pile of corpses to anoint and give viaticum to somebody that was dying. That's mm-hmm. my example. It should yeah, be all yeah. of our examples. That's, we'll be. be held accountable on Judgment Day when we stand before Jesus. He said, you didn't, go, you, didn't, you didn't put my people in the state of grace. You had one job to do, one job, and you didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, everybody listening to Father Altman, um, if he puts you to sleep, don't blame me. 
He's not going to put anybody to sleep. Okay, let me see. I think we have Rosa, Father, from California calling in. Um, And then we have Phil from Lancaster. So, um, uh, Rosa, go ahead, sweetheart. Yes, hi, and thank you, Father. Um, About the election. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, am I there? Yes. Okay, great. Sorry. Go ahead, Rosa. Am I moving? Go ahead. I can hear you. All right. All right. Um, So there are are a couple areas that I would wish you would speak to rather than a direct question. No problem. One of them them around the uh, abortion issue and mainly about the power of language. And to me, the idea of the power of language is that we are so... Um, habituated, beaten down by just years and years and years of the same language that we forget what it actually means. We're not dividing between uh, uh, abortion, which is killing, and and what happens. We have technology now to see it happen that we did not have in 1973. However, the fact is what's being proposed is strict infanticide, where you just let the child die. Now, the other thing... I'm going to let you just kind of put this out, then I'll get off and I'll let you talk about it. Um, the other thing is that when I, because I had the opposite life of you, so that when I kind of came back into the church and jumped off again, but one thing yeah. I noticed, is, um, it felt like when I was asking way back in 2003, which isn't that far, um, asking yeah. to a priest, you know, why uh, I couldn't believe they were voting for, I think it was what, whoever it was at the time, Clinton maybe. And I, they said, well, that abortion is, and you hear it now, abortion is important, yeah. but what about the poor? And we talk about the, quote, cages and the, the words, you know, cage versus whatever. But the fact is, is it feels to me like um, for whatever reason, and I think the reason goes way back, um, that people get hogtied by the Beatitudes. You know, it's almost like, all right, well, if you, if you vote for this, you won't vote for that. So it's confusion. And when you said ice picker or ice, um, ice breaker, that's the whole point, is we're dying for direction. However, they taught yeah. us when we did CPR. When you do CPR, you just point to somebody and go, call the police, and they will do it. So you don't just ask them or you don't give relative terms. If you have a kid that's sick, you want them to go to the hospital, you demand, you, you, you rely on clear signs, not on relative sure. soft language. The other thing is the idea of um, the prepackaged associations that we all have. Now, I'm older than you, and there are people older than me, and I happen to... Uh, check out Saul Lewinsky's uh, uh, Rules for Radicals because I was taught that uh-huh. in Catholic school actually back in the 70s. Rosa, but, I'm going to inter- inter- interrupt you a minute. Yes. Just a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I love you. You are uh, as articulate and intelligent and informed as a person could be. But if you don't give Father time to answer you, it's not going to be profitable. Okay, great. Yes, I would yeah, so, lay them all on the table. Yeah. Yeah, you have hours worth of discussions in your questions, and and we should be able to go to our pastors and do a, do a personal parish mission like I've done in the past, where you where you go through all this stuff and lay it all out there so that you because your job is a teacher. That's my job to teach and bring spiritual healing and and the sacraments to people. So with regard to language, 
you know, they, the left, Satan, Satan uses tricky language. Like he's done this since the beginning in the Garden of Eden. Oh, surely you will not die. It was a lie. He used tricky language. They're using it today. So nowadays they're using the word choice, like choice is a good thing. Well, not if the choice is that you get to murder the baby in your womb. And then for, in terms of, of the strength of language that every single shepherd should be using is, um, you know, I, every Saturday, 10,000 babies are ripped limb from limb in, in the womb. This should be the safest place on earth for a child. And, oh, there goes the, there's your music again, mother. <laughs> Get in another sentence, father. That's okay. Yeah, it's just that you, you have to use the language that, here it is, here it is right here. We used to call it, a mother is with child. We know, but then they changed the language. To, oh, she's only pregnant. Well, with what? Nobody said. When you say with child, right. like our blessed mother was with child, you couldn't think twice about killing the child in your womb. Bless we take you, the language back. Well, bless you. And I, I, I guess we have to pay attention to that music now. Uh, I stretch <laughs> things out as long as I can. So, all right, beloved. Call in, toll-free 1-877-511-5483. I know you could have many, many questions for Father Altman. I'm going to ask you, if possible, to stay on the election subject because this is so, so crucial and so many people are blind. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam Live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app, or watch the Mother Miriam Live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam Live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and we are uh, with, um, oh, the happiest guest of my life, Father James Altman, who yeah. has told you the world, whether they like it or not, whether they understand it or not. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And not everybody was very pleased with that. But it's true. And so Father James Altman is here, who's the one who um, became well-known, if he wasn't before, for saying that you cannot be Catholic and vote Democrat. Father, uh, Phil, dear one that's calling in, I'm not going to take your call because it's on another topic, which is extremely important and current, but we can take it tomorrow. I want to stay on the election. So, dear Father, would would you, in the 10 minutes we have... Speak to yeah. the fact that you cannot be, you cannot be a Catholic, indeed, in word, yeah. in heart, in action, and vote for a Democratic candidate, particularly the candidate for president, who won't be president if he gets in after two months. We're going to have Kamala. Harris I know names, the other one, uh, uh, which is worse. So, um, yeah. would you would you speak to that? Um, really pointedly, uh, we cannot be a Catholic in good standing and go to hell yeah. if we vote Democrat yeah. unless we absolutely repent. Yeah. You know, uh, too many people have this idea that they're going to repent at the last minute. And that's St. John Vianney said, you know, the confessor for 18 hours at a time, he said that that is rare. So where do we get the idea this false sense of security, like, oh, everybody's going to go to heaven, or dare we hope, as someone said, quoting Von Balthazar. No, dare we hope that our Blessed Mother, sinless Blessed Mother, showed the people those, showed those children hell, because she was having, she's going to scare the heck out of them, even though it's not true. Oh, no, no, hell is true, and that's why she showed them. So, uh, the, the USCCB came up with a guide, I don't know if you saw it, it's a voter's guide or something like that, with like 47 different topics. And then they, they said, who is higher on whatever topic? And in the end, it was something like 30 were, were Biden and maybe only nine or 10, maybe for Trump. Can you imagine that? Can you, our, yeah. our shepherds, they they our shepherds fa- pardon me, Father Ezekiel, yeah. uh, are leading the sheep astray. Oh, it's, it's horrible. So, because then they get down to the bottom and they say, oh, see, Biden got more votes or whatever, more mm-hmm. positive, whatever. So it's okay to vote for Biden. Bologna. And that's the politest term I have for that. I, to their credit, on the three non-negotiables, they actually said Biden is wrong. But they, they, had, they used, here's again, the language, right? They said he does not align. Okay, no, if, you're, if you claim to be Catholic and you don't align, well then, no, that means you're a heretic. It mm-hmm. means you're in a state of sin, no mixing of words. sin. And so don't just say, oh, like it, oh, he just doesn't align. Like if it's, that's no big deal, it's huge. So on the three non-negotiables that I remember right off the top of my head, there was abortion, there was uh, embryonic stem cell researching, cloning, and then same-sex marriage. And so he, he doesn't just align, not align. He's absolutely against that. His right. whole career has been against that. He's no more Catholic than the Dalai Lama. So when you vote for that, that's what you're voting for. And don't tell me you're worried about the death penalty. Since 1976, there's only been slightly over 1,500 heinous criminals put to death in this country, whereas there's been over 60 million innocent babies murdered. So don't talk to me about, oh, I'm... 
How do you compare, uh, forgive me for interrupting, it's kind of my nature. No, go ahead. Um, How do you compare what people are saying with Trump, children in cages, with what his responsibility is, is not true, but forget that. If he were putting children in cages at the border versus the direct murder and tearing babies limb from limb in their mother's womb, how do you compare those two? Well, here's what I compare. First of all, Obama deported more people than Trump. But that's mm-hmm. not how I make my decision. Second of all, Obama built the cages, not Trump. Mm-hmm. And third of all, when you take those children away from these people, you're discovering that several of them are being abducted for child sex trafficking, which, yep. which now this year, for the first time in history, the revenue from child sex trafficking is going to exceed the drug trade. Because unlike drug trade, you can sell only once and then they're used up. You can sell a kid six times a day. That's fact. That's what's going on in this country, and, and it is damnable. So, yeah. so what you get is you get these left-wing libs misquoting fact. They don't know their head from a hole in the ground, and, they, and then they try to sway the opinion on something that is simply not true. They're liars, and you know what? There's a, there's a commandment against that. You know, <laughs> it doesn't mean all these other nine are, are important, but that lying business, that bearing false witness, get it. you know, not such a big deal. No, there's ten. It's big enough for God to put it on the tablet. So, uh, yeah, so, so this whole business is a lie about this immigration. And we already allow, I don't know how many, over a million, I think, legally coming in. So there's a process. And both sides, Republican or Democrat, have not changed that in well, the last 50 years. So don't blame Trump for doing exactly what Obama did in spades. Does that, uh, I think that answers the question. Yeah, Obama did it in spades, not Trump, right? That's right. Yeah, Obama did. Yes, he you know, deported t- more people. He built the cages. He put those kids in the cages. Okay, so why should we not vote Democrat and expect to go to heaven? Well, um, in a sentence, I know you've okay, already said it. Okay, so there's it, but something that cooperation. I need to go ahead with right. evil. So you, do you cooperate with evil? And you don't repent, which, as St. John Vianney said, rarely happens. If you cooperate with evil, then you are held accountable for that evil. And all this, oh, Lord, Lord, I did all these social justice things in your name. He's going to say, away from you. I never knew you. Evildoer. Evildoer, because there's five things that are non-negotiable, that are intrinsic evils. People don't even get this. Okay. Questions about borders. That's not an intrinsic evil. That's been with mankind since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. But... Killing our babies at the rate of 10,000. Oh, there's some kids down in a cage down there. Well, we might be saving them from child sex trafficking. That's right. But that doesn't compare to the 10,000 babies that will be murdered this Saturday. I tell you what, beloved, um, if you uh, want to see the spirit of our Lord going in and turning over the money-changing tables, um, you've just got it. How do you think Jesus sounded when he accused the scribes and Pharisees of being blind and leading the blind, leading the blind and making them twice a child of hell. Um, I, I want to get down on my knees and thank God for such a priest who, again, we say is courageous. I don't. He is simply not denying God. He is not denying the truth. He is living his vocation. And as St. Paul says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. 
If you choose not to listen to Father James Altman, you are choosing to turn from God. You say, Mother Miriam, you can't judge me. Yes, I can. We can't judge the heart. But we Thank can you for judge, saying that. Yeah, we can judge the actions. We can, and we exactly. must. We must. Yeah. Go ahead, Father. Yes, we must. Yeah. Okay. And our actions are a reflection of the state of our soul. That's it. So don't tell me when you're, when you're trying to vote for all this. Listen, here's, here's what's confusing people, and the shepherds are to blame. Percent. Yep. In fact, those shepherds who aren't calling out the bad shepherds are to blame as well, even That's though they're right. maybe not teaching it overtly. By their silence is complicity. So the this whole business is, yep. about about Go the ahead, seamless Father. garment mm-hmm. is a big heresy. It's a big lie, and there are shepherds in this church promoting that, and the and many shepherds who aren't promoting it aren't calling them out for promoting it. Just like with the Canadian Winnipeg statement. Did, did we ever hear, have you ever heard a bishop of the Catholic Church criticize those Canadian bishops for the Winnipeg statement? Okay, now there's I the haven't. music. There's the music. Okay, the oh, that's it program. for today then. No, I love, I can't stand this. It went like by like five minutes. Um, uh, beloved, I, I would beg you, I would beg you on my knees to listen to Father Altman. Um, he has the truth. You don't believe it. Uh, the truth is not dependent on our belief. It's, it's separate from it. God exists whether we believe him or not, whether we see him a lot or not. Um, we will be judged. And to vote for someone who will kill 60-plus million babies uh, is to participate in their acts. I beg you to um, turn back to God. Father Altman, we bless God for you. Thank you. We'll see you all well, tomorrow. Thank you, Mother. 